Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Felicita a Mendiliva. Que va Montiel. Ahí va Montiel, toma carrera. Chuta Montiel. Never in doubt, was it? Hello, everyone. Welcome to La Liga Lowdown, where Sevilla have become Europa League champions for the seventh time. I'm your host, Matt Clark. Delighted to be joined by Paco Pollitt, who already knew this was going to happen. He tweeted earlier in the day, Sevilla are going to do their thing. Paco, they did their thing. What a, what a spectacle that was. Nearly two and a half hours of football. Well, some say it wasn't football, but dramatic final. Penalties again. Argentinians all over the place with penalties. What a story, what a night. Paco, your first thoughts? Yeah, possibly one of the first games ever, which begins actually in one month and finishes the following one, <laughs> as we had, because we are recording this right now after the game, just minutes after the, the game ended. And uh, yeah, it was a long one, a very, very long one, because many things happened in the second half. You know, uh, Sevilla's reaction, uh, Suso bossing the game, uh, Mourinho bringing it down into the mud with all of the fuss in the in the sidelines. I don't know, it was, as a neutral fan, it was very enjoyable. You know, obviously as a Spaniard in, in, in these kind of games, I tend to favor, you know, the, the Spanish side. And even though Sevilla was back in the day, one of the, you know, natural opposition for, for Valencia, that train, you know, departed just quite a long time ago. Uh, Sevilla are, at this point, uh, miles away in, 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 in the sense of playing for goals, playing for uh, silverware, playing for glory, ultimately. And in this case, I think that Sevilla had, you know, they had their, their game plan. It didn't really work during the first half, but in the second one, I think that Ben Lieber was able to adjust uh, a few things here and there. Obviously, Suso, as I said earlier, was uh, crucial in the way Sevilla managed to, you know, turn things around. And I think that they had the chances to, to finish the game in the 90 minutes, but they weren't lucky with the finishes. And uh, yeah, whenever you go into the, you know, the extra time and later into the penalty shootout, it's, you could say it's a lottery, but it's less of a lottery whenever you have Bono under the sticks. And once again, he, he showed his 
possibly one of the best, if not the best specialist in this kind of, you know, uh, events in a game. I would say that Dibu Martinez uh, over in, in Argentina. And if we speak about European football and club football, I have to say that Bono is possibly second to none in, in this sense. Yeah, an incredible shootout. Going back to the first half, like you said, Roma came out of the traps pretty well. We maybe expected them to be quite defensive as a, as a kind of Mourinho don't concede type mentality. But they were on the front foot in that first half and it was a, a really well-worked goal. Lovely through ball and a fantastic finish by Paolo Dybala, who was the player that most Roma fans wanted to play most. He was the key man, the talisman. Maybe wasn't 100% fit and therefore couldn't play the entire game, but he showed his quality with that opening goal, didn't he? Yes, and I think that it was a bit controversial because of the the way the the build up of the of the play happened. I think that it was Rakitic, the player who had the the control of the ball in the in the midfield. I think he was fouled, mm. but the referee didn't. And I think that that split second of Sevilla player just frozen on the pitch was was uh, taken advantage by by Roma with that uh, great assist to Dybala who you know one on one against the goalkeeper is often the best bet than that you can have uh Sevilla scored the first one they they opened the game and and I think that things were more or less uh, according to plan at least uh, in uh, Jose Mourinho's uh, playbook but uh, I don't think that they really showed more uh, tools throughout the 90 minutes and later during the extra time. I think that Sevi uh, Roma played a very limited uh, game in, in a number of senses. I think that they were just trying to uh, score a goal, regardless of how they did it, uh, taking advantage of a, you know, a, a single pinpointed action in, in, in the first half and later try to, you know, uh, amass as many players as possible uh, just in front of their of their goal. You know, Jose Mourinho as the perfect chauffeur, as the perfect driver of the bus, parking it in front of the, key, <laughs> of, the of the goal. And uh, you could see that during the second half. Uh, ultimately, the stats, you know, uh, they show very similar numbers in, in shots on target, but the second half was, you know, Roma being blown away by, by Sevilla out of water. I think that uh, Sevilla were far superior both in ball possession and in chances. But uh, again, I think that uh, Suso was was uh, crucial in many of the of the um, changes that took place. And we have to say, obviously, that the the goal was scored by Mancini on on its own goal in the second half. But I think that you know you had Nesiri over there. You had many many players having their their attempts. Overall, I think that eventually uh, Sevilla would have leveled the game. You know, if if, mm. if it wasn't Mancini with an own goal, uh, something else would have happened. But this game was more or less uh, destined to to finish with a draw during the 90 minutes because of the way both sides played. And and then I think that overall we have to say that the that the win was fair on on Sevilla. I think that they tried it more, uh, and that they desired that definitely decided the most. You know, they they decided the win. They had the drive to win, the thrive to you know try to turn the the game around and. Overall, in a game where both sides were not possibly at their peak level physically, uh, you know, just the little details were those which made the difference. Mm. And as you say, that equalising goal coming from across from Jesus Navas, who was fantastic tonight. Uh, he yeah. played the 90 minutes, was brilliant up and down, especially in that second half, getting the crosses in. Perfect ball, which led to the equalising goal. He was present in Sevilla's first two Europa yeah. League, well, UEFA Cup wins as it was then, and now he's been present in the most recent two. An incredible career for him. 
Um, but just back on, on the changes at halftime, how, in your eyes, did Mendelebar get it so right that he managed to shift the momentum so decisively? Well, in, in, in many ways, I think that um, he just took a, a peek on, on the things that they uh, hadn't done well, you know, throughout the first throughout the first half. I think that overall, um, Roma were able to press higher um, and that kind of aggressiveness, intensity uh, didn't really sit well with the way Sevilla wanted to try to play with the ball from, from the back. And uh, they had quite a few loose balls over there, which were quite dangerous on 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 Roma's feet. But yeah, if you if you check out the the, the subs, I think that uh, Brian Hill wasn't really, you know, in in, in many ways uh, wasn't really fine tuned in this game. I think he was all overwhelmed by by Roma's defense. Well, and Eli- yeah, yeah, no, not enchufado. Yes, definitely. I, I've seen Brian Hill very closely last season over here in Valencia and. Some games really don't, you know, don't work for him. They don't work for him. They don't, they don't sit on a place where he can take advantage of a specific defender or a specific uh, defensive system. Whereas for Eli Glamela, look, you know, he has more, more, I would say, more experience, more gravitas. He know how to, he knows how to play like high tension games, and this one was a very high tension game. And obviously, Oliver Torres starting the game, he didn't work properly in the midfield, and Suso came in uh, in the 46th minute, you know, just starting the second half, and, and he changed everything. And uh, later, you know, checking out the the ways um, Roma tried to, you know, I would say uh, fortify their their defense with Velotti, uh, with with Nandum worked quite more pressing high than than Dybala, who was, as you said earlier, not at the best uh, of his uh, capacities capabilities. But you know, Tejas has had to lead the game. Uh, on Sevilla because he had physical problems and yeah Montiel coming in Rechik coming in overall most of them um, very physical players you know and, and, and in that sense I think that uh, it helped Sevilla quite a lot you know to be able to endure the, the, the pressing throughout the second half leveling the game trying to get the, the game winner and after being unable to do so just hang in there throughout the, the 120 minutes as you said, Jesus Navas left the game and, and he had, I believe it was two huge bags of ice in both of his ha- calves mm. because he, he couldn't just, he wasn't able to walk. He was so tired and, and as many other Sevilla players. So when it came down to the penalty shootout, it was everything in Bono's hand and everyone saw what had happened. Mm. A gladiatorial effort against the Romans and they took it all the way to penalties. And well, uh, I saw a stat before the, the shootout, the Mourinho side's had lost 8 out of 10 shootouts, which is quite mm. surprising, really. But that was obviously a good omen. And we know Bono is a pretty, as you've said, fantastic penalty saver. And he saved two in the shootout, didn't he? Managed to uh, save one with his legs and one with his fingertips onto the post. And, and as for Sevilla, I mean, who took the penalty? We had Eric Lamella, Argentine. Lucas Acampos, Argentine. Who started the season at Ajax, remember? Uh, yeah. Then we had uh, Ivan Rakitic, captain after Navas went off. Uh, basically a, a Sevillano by by adoption, uh, of yeah. course, Croatian. And then Montiel, what a story. He scores the winning penalty Once in the again. World Cup final. Then yeah. he misses, but oh no, it's a retake because the keeper's off his line. So he gets a second chance and then he puts it away and he almost can't believe it. And he's like, yep, we've done it again. I've, I'm, I just score winning penalties in finals. Um, incredible performance. It, 
Uh, yeah, it, it was almost speechless at the end there. Yeah. Fans were on the yeah. pitch. Mendelibar was ice cool. I mean, we'll talk about him in a moment, but just the shootout back how good was that? How good was Sevilla there? It, it was fate, you know. I think that Montiel scoring the, the winner was already written down somewhere quite a while ago. And uh, today only... The, ex- the execution just happened today, you know. The the actual m- m- fact uh, happened today, but uh, it was already set in stone. And, uh, yeah, I think it's quite a, the, the story, you know. Uh, Montiel is going to remember the 22-23 season as, as something which he possibly will be unable to top as a professional football player. But, yeah, overall, I think that they were very, very, you know, secure, uh, confident of, of themselves. I think that Sevilla's players had that kind of... Uh, I would say uh, in Spanish we say pozo, you know, it's like the gravitas would say yeah. the, the translation. They have been there, most of them. Yeah, Montiel is young, okay, but he has scored, you know, the win, the winning penalty in a in a uh, World Cup final. Eric Lamela is very experienced. Lucas Ocampos, he suffered a lot this season, as you said earlier, with his uh, transfer move uh, last summer, and he had to. Be, come back to Sevilla. He said so after the game, you know, on the pitch uh, flash interview, he said that he had had a very, very rough beginning of season. He had endured much pain out of his element, uh, fish out of water, you know, and when he came back last January, it seemed that everything clicked back together and we have seen the best version of, of Ocampos in this second stretch of the of the season and yeah as you said Ivan Rakitic captain legend Sevilla's uh, marquee player for many many seasons and he had to score you know he couldn't miss in in this in this penalty shootout and regarding Roma I think that overall uh, Bono was was crucial obviously uh, Mancini the the first the first miss you know he he took an attempt with a very very strong uh, strike just center of the of the goal and and uh, bono was lucky to to save it with the with his feet but the second one was amazing you know it's just amazing how he stretches i would say far more than any human being is can stretch and able to just arrive to the post you know he hasn't really had the time the the the, the reaction speed is is out of his world and i think that this outlandish effort by by Bono was uh, rewarded appropriately with with that save and, and setting everything you know already for Monty and to just finish it. Mm. I mean, this the story is remarkable, isn't it? Sevilla they hadn't even won a home game in the league until New Year. They'd gone mm. through three. They'd gone through Julian Lopetegui, Jorge Sampaoli. Then they appoint Jose Luis Mendilibar in March, and the main goal is is to avoid relegation. They were in genuine peril of relegation. Mendelibar himself was relegated with Alaves last season. He comes in, his first European game, apart from the Intertoto Cup with Athletic Club 15 years ago, his first Europa League game is at Old Trafford. The lineup, we're all questioning, thinking, oh, he's, he's basically throwing the competition. Yeah. They're 2-0 down in 21 minutes. You're thinking, oh, this is a long night. Sevilla are going to get embarrassed at Old Trafford here. But they come back 2-2, take the tie back to Seville. That remarkable night, all in white, 3-0, hammering. Then the Juventus tie, once again, the home support is incredible. And then this final. I mean, it's remarkable to to come up against Jose Mourinho, who's won all of his European Cup finals, dating back 20 years. They hadn't even conceded a goal in the European final since 2003. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, Mendy just just gets it done. It's, it's a remarkable human story because he's come so far. He's come through 
regional divisions, Tercera, Segunda, promotion, relegation. So many years at Abar, being a legend at that club. Uh, just such a genuine, you know, one of the real good guys of the game. And it's it's so pleasing to see him succeed because he deserves this. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you wouldn't mind just saluting Jose Luis Mendelibar. Yeah, it's um, sort of, you know, Ted Lasso-ish example of, of a manager in in uh, in the real world, you know, uh, plucking that kind of feel-good uh, attitude and, you know, believing that ultimately everything will go okay um, out of the fiction and into, you know, a team which sorely needed that kind of manager. Um, and by the way, you have to, you know, just see the contrast between the attitudes of of both managers during the sidelines, as I said earlier, yes. uh, Mourinho, you know, um, provoking chaos uh, throughout the ga the whole game, uh, and ultimately with that, I wouldn't say proper gesture of you know just throwing away the the silver medal because he uh, seems to not be enjoying the fact of being the the finalist and not the champion and I have seen by the way just a few seconds ago a picture of the kid in the stands who was able to just catch mid-air the the Mourinho uh, thrown medal he's going to be like the happiest kid ever even though his team lost but I think that Mourinho didn't behave properly in that sense but well leaving that aside I think that Mendy Libar deserved this kind of recognition this kind of uh, silverware and also this kind of uh, I wouldn't say tail end because he had plenty of years ahead of him as a manager, but this kind of vindication for what he really represents in um, in the world of football. I said something similar a few seasons ago in this podcast talking about Paco Lopez, mm. who has that kind of background, you know, coming from the lowest, lowest, lowest years of, of Spanish football, as you said, um, Segunda, preferente, tercera, segunda B. Those kinds of, 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 of levels, of tiers, where uh, football is far less glamorous than what we often see uh, in, in top flight and also what we did see over in, in Budapest tonight. And him winning in spectacular fashion, as he did, because he... You know, he didn't have an easy road. As you said, he knocked out Manchester United. He did knocked out, knock out um, Juve. And in the final, he did knock out Roma. All of them are, I would say, European giants. Most of them. And uh, Sevilla did it. Just sticking to what they know well how to do. To their DNA. And not really uh, tackling experiments in, in any of the games. I think that Mendilibar tried to bring things down into the more palatable ways of players understanding what he did want from them and you know they uh, they really really understood the message and when Sevilla had, had to play direct football they did when they had to keep ball possession they did when they had to play with two strikers they did when they had to open the the, the, the field and try to get like two attacking wingers, crossing balls into the box, they did. Uh, I think that the, 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 the number of play styles and of different variants that we have seen of, of Sevilla in the last three months have been remarkable. And overall, I think that capping off the, the, the season this way with this kind of, of trophy being conquered is 
possibly the I would say the um, Princess Story, you know, like Disney wise. Um, the best way to to finish the tail end, like, and they happily lived ever after. <laughs> this is the message for Fossilis Men Deliver tonight over at Budapest. Perfectly put, Paco. Indeed, the the definition, the textbook definition of proper coaching put into practice. So delighted for him. Delighted for Sevilla. The uh, they've won their seventh Europa League against the club from the city of Seven Hills. So magnificent seven, seventh heaven, whatever you want to say. It, it applies to Sevilla. Uh, we'll be back after the break to preview the final match day in La Liga. We've still got Conference League positions to be sorted, as well as that dramatic battle at the bottom. So stay with us. We'll be talking all about that after this short break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to La Liga Lowdown. We've been talking about Sevilla's Magnificent Seven, but now we must look ahead to match day 38 in La Liga. We have two split kickoff times this, this week. Uh, the five games which will determine Conference League place and then five games which will determine the final relegated side, of course, Espanyol joining Elche last weekend. We also know that Granada and Las Palmas will be coming up for next season, so congratulations to them. Let's quickly talk about Conference League first, Paco, because then we'll obviously do a deep dive on the relegation. As things stand, it is incredibly tight. There's still, what, four teams could still make the, the seventh spot in the Europa Conference League. Mm-hmm. Sevilla are one of those. And we must just say that if Sevilla do finish seventh, then Spain won't have a Conference League side because, of course, Sevilla are now in pot one of the Champions League. So if any other club finishes seventh, Spain will have eight representatives, five in the Champions League, two Europa League, and that one Conference League spot. So as things stand, we've got Osasuna, Athletic Club, Girona, Raya and Sevilla all in contention for that. Mallorca take on Rayo, Osasuna take on Girona, which could be a, almost a direct playoff. 
Real Madrid host Athletic Club looking very tough for Ernesto Valverde's men. And uh, Real Sociedad, freshly top four finishers, host Sevilla. So I'm pretty sure there won't be many uh, fresh legs in that Sevilla lineup, but that'll be a party atmosphere for, for both <laughs> sets of fans. And lastly, Villarreal hosting Atletico Madrid, which is kind of a dead rubber there, really. So yeah, Paco, who do you think is best placed to get seventh spot? And who would you like to see get seventh spot? Well, those are two different questions. You know? <laughs> I was going to ask, answer the first one, actually, and, and the second one just uh, shifted a bit my priorities. Obviously, that Real Sociedad-Sevilla game is going to be uh, fun to watch because mm. Sevilla are going to play uh, after parting very, very hard and having a, a, a huge uh, level of, of uh, you know, uh, physical um, problems, okay, I would say that way. <laughs> and also Real Sociedad because they were able to yeah. you know, quali qualify into the, the Champions League last week. So this week has been very, very relaxed for them. So this game is going to be very interesting to watch. Um, I don't think that Sevilla are going to finish seventh. I think that overall, if we see the you know all the potential combinations and also the uh, the opposition with the with teams fighting for for things um overall i would say that osasuna are the better uh, suited to just secure that spot first up because i would think that it would be the perfect recognition for their amazing season you know finishing uh, as the finalist in the copa del rey against real madrid and uh, in, in seventh place in in la liga they are playing girona so if they win, you know, they knocked out, they knock out one of the direct opposition in their race to finish seventh. And especially as I see the rest of the of the teams, you know, Rayo Vallecano have been um, not very reliable lately. You know, the, the, the end stretch of the season hasn't been that impressive. And whenever you go to Mallorca, you always suffer, uh, regardless of uh, Mallorca being, you know, saved uh, in the desert between the top tier sides and, and the lower... Uh, bottom of the of the standings and um, I was going to talk about Athletic Club but once again they are not reliable you know and they are facing Real Madrid in their last game at El Bernabeu so uh, overall I think that uh, they are going to have it very tough in my view I think Osasuna uh, will finish seventh and I think they surely deserve it because they have done and performed an, an amazing feat this this season I would agree with that yeah I think for Girona I would like to see them do it but I think and again, Michel has done a great job there. He's had a contract extension until 2026. But I do think they're probably going to lose a lot of their loan players, so they might struggle to, to compete on all fronts. Uh, similar for Rayo, with Iraola leaving, it might be a struggle for them to try and, you know, because I think they'll need to just be stable in mid-table next season. Athletic, like you say, it's going to be a, a bit of a strange atmosphere. Potentially Karen Benzema's last game for Real Madrid, so that's one to watch. And yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I, I think I'd like to see Osasuna. And I think they've probably got the best chance if they can do the job hmm. at home to Girona. Right, relegation, Paco. I know this obviously affects you with Valencia. It's very dramatic. There's five games which will decide the final spot. Six clubs still could go down. Hmm. Celta host Barca at Balaidos, which is a very perilous-looking fixture, even though Barca are already on the beach. Elche host Cadiz, which Elche are playing quite well lately with the freedom of being carefree of, of already knowing what their yeah. situation is. Espanyol, of course, already relegated host Almeria, who are awful on the road. So that could be a, a real harem scare and fixture. Betis against Valencia. Joaquin's final game against one of his former clubs as well, just to add to the drama. And then Real Valladolid against Getafe. 
which is probably the most direct head-to-head face-off of the battles. So, I mean, Paco, there's, there's so few points between them. We've got Caddy 13th on 41 points, uh, Hitafe 41 points, Valencia 41 points, Almeria 40, and then Celta, who have dropped like a stone in recent weeks. They are just above the drop zone on 40. And then it's Real Valladolid who are currently in the most danger on 39. Of course, if Real Valladolid beat Hitafe, they know they're safe, whatever happens. There's so many permutations. Romanda Arquea has written a fantastic piece for us on our Substack about the permutations and what teams need to do. Pretty much yeah. everyone depends on themselves. If they win their games, they're safe, pretty much. So yeah. how, do you, how do you see it? Yeah, I had my own, uh, you know, Charlie Day meme last moment last Monday with all of the different, you know, combinations. I believe there are uh, 243. Only 243. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there are 243 combinations, you know, ultimately win, draw, uh, yeah. defeat. Yeah. Uh, um, it's three per three per three per three per three, two for three, more or less. Okay, because there are five games ultimately, you have six teams involved, and uh, I was doing all of the math because uh, Valencia were one of the teams obviously involved, and Valencia only fall to Segunda in two out of two forty three. It's less than one percent. But you might remember that banner over in Barcelona many years ago, like 1% chances, 99% faith. Mm. So in this case, Valencia are just the opposite. You know, <laughs> uh, only 1% chances of doom, 99% chances of, you know, not fuzzing around and, and getting the job done. But uh, I don't know why Valencia always tend to overcomplicate themselves. But regardless of this, as you said, um, every single team, it's the first time in quite a few years which happens uh, where this happens. Depends on itself, okay? Um, so teams uh, know that if they win the game, they're saved. Yep. That's possibly the best kind of, you know, uh, treasure that they can have and the best kind of motivation, you know, that they don't depend on other random results and scores and things happening at the same time. So checking out all of the games and especially the head-to-heads because as Roman wrote down in his Substack piece, um, it's very weird how things work over here. Remember, if two teams draw with the number of points, it's like a direct head-to-head depending on the two games that they played between them yep. uh, during the season and also number of goals scored, yada, yada. But whenever you have like triple empate, quadruple empate, like two, three teams, four teams, five teams with the same number of points, you have to uh, produce like a mini league between all of the results being, uh, happened between them this season. And in those cases, it's actually amazing how Celta have dropped the ball. You know, they cornered themselves into having to beat Barca in the last game of the season in order to just be clear of danger. Because in any other scenario, like losing the game, 40 points, winning one point, 41 points, they would be severely undermined in their chances to, to remain. Um, Valladolid might seem the team which has it the most difficult because they are bottom of the of the pack, 18th. They would drop today before the game is played, but they're playing against Getafe. So if Valladolid win the game, it's lights out. You know, they, they, they win the game, they, they remain and, and party over Pucela. Getafe can lose the game and remain in La Liga perfectly. Mm. Because under them, we have Almeria, we have Celta. And, uh, you know, overall, it's very, very weird. Um, I think that Valencia, even though 
they might not have the best shot of winning the game against Betis. Remember that they are going to have, as you said, the the celebration of Joaquin's career when he's retiring, and I think that the special mood of the of the ground is going to involve, you know, surround everything which is uh, happening. Uh, I think that even if Valencia lose the game, the number of combinations it's so weird. Like many many things have to happen in order for Valencia to get relegated. So and Cadiz, Cadiz have the, you know, I think that they have the the best chance overall because they have to visit Elche. And remember that whatever happens over there, you know, Elche winning the game would be uh, the 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 spark which would ignite everything. Because if Cadiz get 42 points, one draw, or 44, they win the game. Elche don't really mat- matter. They don't mind because they already relegated. But the rest of the teams do. Yep. Because the, the quadruple uh, draw wouldn't happen with Cadiz. Uh, skyrocketing with 44 points. So Elche have no reason to go to win the game and Cadiz have no reason to lose that game. Mm. So if you do the math, I think that is going to be one of the crucial points of the of the competition. Um, who is going to get relegated? I, I don't know. I have no clue. But after the way they have shot themselves in the foot uh, yeah. in the last in the last few weeks. Um, which is yours, by the way? I've got a funny feeling, Celta. I do. Yeah, I was going to say Celta. The the way Celta have just mingled with games where they should have gone to win it, win them, and they didn't. I think that they have slowly gotten themselves like tangled in the spider mm. web, and they are the fly waiting haplessly to, you know, be eaten alive in the in the last game. It's, Obviously, it's... by Ali. Ha- it's their yeah. cycle as well. They they do this. They they just about stay up, then they do all right under a manager, and then they dip and they sack him, change manager, perform well, yeah. then it goes back again. And Yago Aspas is not scoring anymore. Their salvation, their talisman, is not delivering right now. So yeah, but many, many things have happened. You know, um, yeah. many things have happened with Yago Aspas, as you said. His form is not the best. Um, their wonder kid at the beginning of the season um, isn't really working. Uh, at this point, you know, I think that after uh, speaking a lot about Gabriel Vega and his future, yeah, Gabriel Vega's future at the beginning of the year, you know, he, his his performances were very very impressive. Uh, I think all of the transfer talk has really distracted him from, you know, the point and the issue and and really performing well in the games and and that is seriously uh, working against his his own club. So. Many things working against Celta in this in this last match day, and the second choice, you know, I think that I think that ultimately it comes down to Valladolid Getafe. If mm. Valladolid lose lose the game, obviously it's curtains for them. But I don't know why I think Bordalas knows that the draw might be the way to go, and I expect shithousery in its purest form in this game. You know, I expect... What we've seen cha- from Mourinho today, forget yeah, it. Go absolutely. <laughs> Champagne football that we did see over in Budapest. We're going to see exactly the same over in Pucela because, you know, Bordalas is very smart and, and he came to do the job and he is about to get the job done ultimately. Um, but yeah, you know, they, he knows that the draw benefits Getafe, obviously winning the game too, but... I think that they're going to aim for that goalless 
draw or 1-1, I don't know. And ultimately, I think that he will be able to to achieve it. So, unfortunately, my bet for, for relegation is Delta. I wouldn't, wouldn't have expected to say this two months ago, mm-hmm. but here we are. Yeah, here we are indeed. Well, we'll be back on the other side to see how it's all fallen and to see which teams are celebrating and which teams are crestfallen on the pitch at the end of full time on Sunday night and La Liga why on earth did you make it nine o'clock please why but okay that's another story (laughs) pray for the podcasters anyway on that note congratulations to Sevilla enjoy La Liga weekend Paco thank you so much for your time pleasure to speak to you as always we'll be back on the other side until then check out our Substack. check out La Liga on Twitter and we'll see you soon adios por siempre a ganar y es por eso que hoy vengo a verte sevillista seré hasta la muerte la Giralda presume orgullosa de ver al Sevilla en el Sánchez Pijuán y Sevilla, Sevilla, Sevilla aquí estamos contigo Sevilla compartiendo la gloria en tu escudo Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.